Welcome to another interview on the Zero to ASIC YouTube channel. Um, today, I'm really happy to be joined by Diego, who also was on the first um, Google Skywater ePublis shuttle. And um, one thing that um, I'm really interested to find out more about is uh, that Diego's done uh, some analog designs, and everyone mm -hmm. I've spoken to so far has done digital ones. So Diego, maybe you could just um, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, my name is Diego. I'm from Argentina. I'm 27 years old and I'm an electronical engineer. Um, currently I'm doing a master's in analogic design, analogic, of, analogic design of integrated circuits. And I'm working as well uh, at a company doing some analog design. Uh, so meanwhile I study, I, I do some little jobs. Um, and yeah, basically it, um, we have this opportunity to join the, the open source uh, tape out of Caravel. And uh, I had a, uh, we, we have, my team and I, we had a, an, an old design of an O-pump in, in the 130 nanometers technology. And we wanted to give it a shot to try this, this new technology that we didn't see before. And also the, the whole design in an, in an open source tools is something new for us. So it was a good experience. So um, as, have you done the op-amp? I think I saw that you'd also contributed to somebody else's shuttle. Yes, uh, we have, uh, so in, in our chip, we have seven op-amps, uh, operational amplifiers. Uh, three, uh, those are two models. So we have three versions of one model and four versions of, of another model. Um, we also have a ring oscillator and a PLL. The PLL is a contribution of uh, another, uh, an, another engineer that was doing as well uh, Caravel run, so we also integrate his design to, to test it. Okay, are they, is their name Lakshmi? Yeah, Lakshmi. Okay, exactly. yeah, I've asked them for an interview as well, so hopefully I can talk mm -hmm. to them about that as part of their design. Exactly. So, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the analog process differs from the digital process. So. Okay. Um, like my experience has only been from the digital. So I write some HDL, some Verilog. Mm -hmm. I put that into open lane and then mm -hmm. crossed, if everything goes well, it just ends up with the GBS2 files and I get my digital gates all connected up yeah. into a block and I send that to the factory and ching, it's done. I mean, it's yeah. obviously not quite that easy, especially the first shuttle run. But how yeah. do you have standard cells for analog? How does it work? No. Uh, well, it's quite different actually. Uh, for example, I didn't use open lane at all. I used uh, X-Scheme and, and NG-Spice to simulate at a schematic level and then draw the layout by hand. Did you use magic to do that? Or do you yeah, use... Okay. I use yeah. magic for that. Uh, if, if you let me, I can show you a, a quick slide yeah, that I is. have for, for the for the, interested in pictures for for the this, this uh, flow design this is an, an old presentation that i have for, for another thing but the 
here I can explain you the all the, the design flow for an analogic design of an integrated circuit. So we, we begin with the design specifications. In, in our case, for an op-amp, we have the, the gain that we want, the bandwidth that we want, the phase margin that we want, or um, the noise level and other specifications. Once we, we agreed on the specifications, we do a schematic design and simulation at a, a schematic level. With, uh, uh, in this case, we use Xkeem for the uh, schematic design and ng-spice for the simulations. Once we are good with the results, we move to the layout design. Here, we don't have any uh, standard cells, as you say, so we, we draw the, the transistors one by one, not, not one by one, because in magic you can design, you can draw one transistor and say, well, this transistor, this transistor will have this length, this width, and it will, it, it will be formed by, I don't know, maybe 10 transistors or more, and you have the whole package uh, draw at once. Uh, once the layout is done, we run some verifications. These are DRC and LVSS uh, verifications to check that the schematic and layout are the same. And if everything is okay, we run a parasitic extraction to get uh, uh, mainly resistance and uh, mainly parasitic uh, resistance and, uh, and capacities that, that are around. And uh, we simulate again with the with this new uh, netlist with all the parasitics and if we have an error that maybe we don't match one specification we have to come back to the schematic design and change something until we have the the specification that we want in the parasitic extraction once all the simulations are okay then we, our design is done and we move to, to the tape out. Uh, that's something that in this case, uh, Skywater will do, that they will uh, manufacture the chip. And once we get the chip, we do some testing to see if everything is working correctly. Very so, convenient slide you've got there. Yeah, <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> So uh, let me just ask a quick question because um, yeah. I, when I was, uh, well, I say when I was learning magic as if I've now learned it, but when I first mm -hmm. started learning magic, um, I, was, uh, I was working on drawing an inverter. It's uh, mm -hmm. like a standard digital cell. Um, yes, I saw, I saw your video to, to learn <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that was helpful. Well, I hope it was helpful. Yeah, it was um, very helpful. And um, one thing that, so when I did it before I had access to the Skywater 130 library, mm -hmm. um, I just drew it at kind of like a random scale and then I extracted uh, and then I was simulating. But when I use, when I switched to using the Sky 130 PDK, um, mm -hmm. I found that I had to draw the transistors just the right size. Otherwise, when I did an extraction, it didn't work properly. Yep. Um, 
So how do you get around that with the analog side? Do you have to follow the same rules? Do you have to draw like transistors a certain size or do you have more flexibility? Well, uh, um, I have to I have to respect the, the transistor size that I set on the schematic design. So uh, when I run the LVS verification, they will match. If not, I have two different transistor sizes, and that's an error. The layout it does not reflect the schematic. Okay, so in your schematic, you might say this transistor yeah. needs to be a higher current one, so it needs a bigger exactly um, for, for example fusion zone or whatever. For example, okay. let me show you. Uh, I have here my op-amp schematic. Oh yeah, great. Maybe you can just. Um, talk us uh, very briefly through how it works. Okay, so first of all, I, ca I can show you the specifications. Uh, I'm sorry, it's in, it's in Spanish. I didn't have to, I didn't have time to translate it, but- That's uh, fine, we know that the language of electronic engineering seems yeah, it's, to get it's, converted into English everywhere in the yeah. world. Yeah, but it's almost the same as English here. Gain, uh, gain product bandwidth, Yeah. reverse the words. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> So our specifications mainly, is, uh, oh, it's, an, it's an old slide, but uh, the idea is to use uh, not five volt for VDD, but 1.8 volts. Uh, the, the reference current is 100 microamps, and uh, we try to consume the lowest power possible. Uh, we have some specification for an open loop design and for a closed loop design. Uh, for an open loop design, we aim to have a 52 dB DC gain and uh, bandwidth, uh, a gain bandwidth product of for at least 40 megahertz and a phase margin of 60 dB. And for the closed loop design, we look for a DC gain of at least of 20 dB. Um, the bandwidth, the gain bandwidth product for uh, uh, 40 megahertz as well. And for example, the open noise, oh, well, this, this specification, I didn't follow it, but uh, the, the, the common mode tension, it should be the half of the, uh, of the VDD. And we also consider different corner situation of the transistor, man, uh, of the transistor manufacturing. So we have to test it in if the transistor come in a typical, typical version or a fast, fast, slow, slow, or, or the diagonals we say uh, fast and slow or slow and fast. So just um, a quick clarification here, because this isn't something that I'm particularly familiar with either, but this is when um, you're making a big wafer or mm -hmm. in the factory, the transistors made at one part of the wafer may have a different uh, performance that somewhere else in the wafer. Exactly. exactly. So you have these different um, regions. Exactly. Where, and those get, those are part of the process design kit that the factory tells you, this is how they may well differ. Exactly. So you need to make um, sure your design is gonna work if it's on the corner or if it's in the center or wherever. Yeah, it's not a physical location. I'm not sure it's, if it's just something physical on the wafer, but maybe one transistor next to another it might change a little bit the, 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 how it works. So you have to test 
uh, it, it is good to test that your design will work in every possible combination of the of the funct functionality of the transistor. So uh, in this in the in this open design, I tested for all the possible uh, corners. That's how it's called. Uh, okay, but of they the, be like of the transistor of a graph rather than corners of a wafer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, first, so our first step after we have our designs, we uh, after we have our specification, we design our OPAM. In this case, we use a Miller, uh, a Miller OPAM. It is called a Miller OPAM because we have this uh, this Miller net here. Um, and what we do is to set the sizes of the transistor. At, uh, at the first attempt, what we do is to have everything polarized uh, in a good way. So our transistor are working in the saturation region in, and not in the, in the trial region. Uh, once we finish with the first polarization, to, do it, to make it easier, we draw a symbol of this schematic. So I generate a symbol here for my OPAM. And then I create my open loop test bench at the beginning, is this one. Uh, I have the... the and this, this program is called X-Scheme, right? Yeah, exactly, it's X-Scheme okay. from Stefan Schippers. He also helped me a lot into into getting used to the 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 new tool. Okay, so before this, you were using closed source paid for tools. Yeah, I was using Cadence and okay. Synopsis. Okay, uh, it's actually it's not that different from Cadence Xscheme. It's quite easy to use if you are used to Cadence. Okay. Um, so once we have our test bench, uh, we have to give some SPICE directives uh, that I have here in the simulation file. Um, I specify parameters. Here is where I specify the, the library that I'm using. Okay, and yeah, we... so that's something that I've also uh, touched on when I was doing the simulation of the inverter, because you have to pull in the exactly from the PDK, so you've got the simulation there. Exactly, and here is where I say which corner do I want to test. So if I write TT, I'm watching a typical typical configuration. If, if I write FF is fast, fast, or SF, for example, is slow and fast. So let's leave it in TT. And here, here I specify to save some parameters of the transistor, like the drain current, the threshold voltage, the gate source voltage, and so on. And here I specify the the simulations that I that I'm running. Here I'm running mainly an AC simulation. Uh, after that, I just generate the netlist and simulate, and I get the the results. And I do the same for the the closed loop uh, design, uh, the closed loop bench to to achieve all the specifications that I want. So here I have the the body diagram. Uh, it's not 
quite easy to read, but uh, here you can see my game bandwidth in typical typical configuration is 85 megahertz, so I'm way above 40 megahertz, and my DC gain is 58 uh, dB. So I fulfill I fulfill my specifications, and also the phase margin is uh, 58 degrees, so I'm fine. And I have to repeat this for all the corners. Okay, to check that you meet your yeah. specifications. Exactly. After that, I do the same for the closed loop design. That that's it. The closed loop design is actually, I, I think, it's actually the the most important one or the main one, because is the way is the way I will use the the op-amp later once I have it uh, delivered to Argentina, right? Um, okay, so it's using the same uh, design that you have, but your test bench is in closed loop instead of open. Exactly, exactly. So you can see I, I don't have the one gigahertz uh, resistor. It's, uh, it's, it is in a closed loop configuration. And here I can run the, the simulation again with the same configuration and, and, and see if I fulfill the specifications. Cool. Uh, so maybe you could um, show us um, how you drew this out in Magic then. Yep. It's like the next step in that. Well, once once we finish this, we move to Magic and draw this design. Uh, here, here you can see well, what we do to draw this is, uh, for example, if I want to place a new device, I go to Devices select an NMOS, and here I can specify the width, the length, the number of fingers that I have. Um, Is fingers I, like um, uh, like the number of transistors that you have within a big transistor? So if you need bigger drive strength. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. for example, let me show you here. Uh, you have to remember I'm a complete analog beginner. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm also not that. An expert, I'm, I'm still learning. Uh, Maybe I'll do it on my next day, though. Here, for example, this, this transistor, this is the current copy transistor. Uh, I have 15 transistor of three micrometers by, three, by 300 nanometers. But I have 15 transistors. So okay. instead of having 15 transistors separately and connecting them with a metal or poly or any layer, I, yeah. ju I just overlap the drains and source of the next transistor and they are connected. And that's a finger. Okay, and I see on the outside, on the output, you've got 150. So those are presumably the really big. Here, here, here you have 150 transistors. Here you have the 15 transistors. This Could you just zoom in a little bit on that? Uh, there, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Then. So here you have 15 transistors. One, two, three. Yeah, 15 transistors. And these are fingers because instead of having 15 separated transistors and connecting them, I am uh, overlapping drain and source from the transistor. So that's a finger. Okay. Um, so I do the same for the rest of the transistor. Here I have the uh, M8. So just a quick look to, for you to remember. 
This is M8, M5, M7. And this is the differential pair is M1, M2, the load and the output amplifier. Yes. Mm -hmm. In the layout, that would be, uh, this is M8, this is M5. The way you're showing the cursor is not matching up with the, there we go, now it's updated. Show yeah. us again. The, this is M5. You have 30 okay. transistors. Okay. The screen takes a few seconds to update, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true, no problem. Yeah, okay, I see those. This big, this big one is the 150 transistor, that is M7. Okay. This now two... the screen just updated. So yeah. we see that now. Okay, now it's zoomed out. Oh, that huge block there, what's that? This, this huge block, this is the differential pair. Okay. So you have one transistor here and the other one here. Okay. And down there, you have the loads of the differential pair. Just hold and, on a minute. There we go. Yeah. Now it's updated. Perfect. Yeah. And one last zoom. And this other big transistor here. Yeah, just wait a minute. There we go. Yeah. yeah the, the, this, this, this last big transistor mm -hmm. is the output amplifier. Okay. And what so are the six kind of uh, blocks of this? diagonal lines through them. This is a capacitor. Okay. The, 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 the Miller capacitor here. Okay. Let me show you the schematic, this capacitor. Okay, so that's, um, how big is that capacitor in farads? Three, three picofarads. Picofarads, okay, so it's, it's quite a big area you need for even a small transistor, for a small uh, capacitor. Yeah, yeah. And actually it's a quite small design, I think. Hmm. For when I show you the when I I will show you the wrapper later and you will see that the open actually is quite small. Yeah. Okay. So you've drawn this out in magic, and then yep. you can do the extraction um, with the, you, you, the parameters. So then you can rerun your simulation and check that it matches your mm -hmm. the simulation you get with X scheme. Mm -hmm. And then what's the next step? Uh, once all the simulations are okay, then it's uh, the integration into Caravel to to send it to the Skywater Anifables webpage. And you don't actually use OpenLane to do that. You just need to use I, the the make command at the end that merges the user project wrapper into Caravel. Exactly. Uh, what 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 I did was after I finished my open layout i integrated in the user project wrapper i will show you right now user project wrapper, user project wrapper. here here you can see it. there is this for example this open just um so this it's open. really empty okay mm -hmm. yeah. that that open is the one that i show you just and then you just uh, wired it all up by hand, just drew the lines in magic. Exactly. Yeah, I did all these these lines that you see are power grids. Yeah. It looks totally so, different to mine because I when I ran open lane, it generated um, the power delivery network of like four different supplies in a very yeah. uh, fine well, line. So it was completely covered. 
I have to draw that by hand. So uh, you didn't bother. all the all these lines that you see here are all the power is all is the power grid yeah. that I draw by hand okay, to but make you sure don't that you really need that much, do you? Because you know where your modules are going. Yeah, exactly. But it's something that I did to make sure that uh, all the op-amps get the same amount of VDD. And just in case that maybe there is one uh, connection that is not quite good, I have multiple connections to make sure that the op-amps will be correctly supplied. One question for you. Um, with the digital flow with open lane, you get a lot of decoupling capacitors put everywhere for you, like sprinkled throughout the entire design. Mm -hmm. Do you need to decouple your op-amp designs by deliberately putting decoupling capacitors in or? No, okay. I didn't do that. What I, what I have to do is that because I need to use analog signals into Caravel, from, uh, I mean, the connection between the path, the Caravel path and the user project router needs to be an analog path, not a digital one. I have to change some routing in the Caravel design uh, to make sure that I can use the, the analog path. Okay. I thought those analog pins were exposed as part of the user project wrapper. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, the ones that you get exposed are, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I have, if you if you see here, I connected to the analog pin in the wrapper, but this analog pin is connected to a path with an ESD. Uh, that have a, a, uh, it, okay. have, it has a big uh, impedance and there is also a pin available that has no impedance and we wanted to use that one. Uh, okay. That's so, the routing we did. Here's another question that's maybe about the difference between the digital and the analog is all my designs, mm -hmm. they're not going to do anything until the RISC-V chip, Pico RB32, boots up, loads its firmware, runs a program that sets the IOs correctly, correctly and then my design yeah. should run. Will your design just run without any external flash because the, there's no configuration needed? In the, in the case of the op-amps, yes. Okay. They, not, they don't need configuration from the Pico uh, microprocessor. But in the case of the, um, the, re the ring oscillator and the PLL, I have to um, enable the outputs because they are digital. <laughs> and uh, I have to, for the PLL, I have to give the, I enable the clock so it can run. Okay. Cool. Okay, I've got one more um, question for you because mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of running out of time a little bit here. Um, yep. Once, so you, this has all been sent off now, um, mm -hmm. and we're going to get it back in a few months, and I'm sure it's all going to work perfectly. Hopefully. But how are you going to? How will you actually qualify the design? Will you, can you like talk us briefly through how you'll do the testing? Well, um, with the Caravel shipping, we have also the, the these test boards where we can put the chip and we run. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet about the test, test that I will run, but I have to check that I have the gain that I want, the bandwidth that I want, the noise that I want and all the stuff. 
So we use like a, a tool, like a curve tracer to measure the parameters or will you make measurements with a multimeter or a scope or a signal generator? How will you do it? Yeah, with the scope mainly. Uh, with the scope and, 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 uh, and wave generator. Uh, yeah, like a, like a typical electronical chip, a test a circuit, a test, test circuit, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, that was really interesting to hear how the whole flow goes on the analog side. Um, yes, it's a little bit different from the digital one. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to share with us? Any projects that you're working on or anything that you want to uh, let people know about? Well, well, uh, this this experience with Carol was quite good. Um, we are currently uh, doing some new designs, uh, especially for my master thesis. Uh, I'm working on PLL, so I'm studying studying them and making some designs to to add them in a future run of Caravel. So maybe we can we can. Um, use the tape out again in a future opportunity. We'll do another interview once you've done your testing. I have no problem. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, um, Diego, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. It's been really interesting talking oh, to you. Please. And um, Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Matt. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.